Hello, my name is David Brook. I'm the hub leader in the Chapelfields Hub Parish in the east of Wigan. And I'm here with our anti-penultimate reflection in our series on saints and heroes of the faith. We're approaching All Saints Day on Sunday, and so there are just two more reflections after today's. And uh, our subject today is um, James Hannington, bishop and martyr, uh, who died on this day in 1885. And I've selected as a passage to accompany um, the story of James Hannington, the final verses of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. You'll know these verses well. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armour of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and, having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the story of James Hannington, which is an entirely historic story, unlike those stories of some saints, seems to me to be a cautionary tale. When I was young, my parents introduced me to Joyce Grenfell's recordings of Hilaire Belloc's Cautionary Tales for Children, or to give them their full title, Cautionary Tales for Children, designed for the admonition of children between the ages of 8 and 14 years. There were marvellous stories with titles such as Jim, who ran away from his nurse and was eaten by a lion, Henry King, who chewed bits of string and was early cut off in dreadful agonies, Matilda, who told lies and was burned to death, Rebecca, who slammed doors for fun and perished miserably. In the uh, written reflection, you'll find a, a, a link to YouTube so that you can listen to Joyce Grenfell reading um, Henry King, who chewed bits of string for yourself. Um, and you might find yourself then uh, drawn into YouTube so that you can listen to Grenfell and Stanley Holloway reading some of the other tales. But do come back, do come back and read on. 
because it seems to me that Belloc could have written a cautionary tale about James Hannington. It might have been entitled something like James Hannington, who took the wrong road into the African interior, was mistaken for a German and speared to death frightfully. That works for a title, doesn't it? You'll see why in a moment. Hannington's early life chopped and changed at speed. He left school, had a spell in business and another one in the army, all before the age of 21, when he began training for ordination. The training was a full six years, and it feels like he'd rather taken life at speed and got things the wrong way round when we learn that he had a conversion experience during his first curacy. Well, better late than never. In true Where Angels Fear to Tread fashion, news of the deaths of missionaries in Buganda, part of Uganda today, he determined to follow in their footsteps. It would have put another person off reading about those deaths, but not Hannington. He got himself taken on by the Church Missionary Society and travelled almost immediately to Africa. Well, he never got there. By there, I mean Buganda. The journey didn't go well for him. He suffered fever. He suffered dysentery. He was given up for dead twice. He had to return home. No more African missions for you, young man, was the verdict. But Hannington wasn't deterred. In fact, he was spurred on by his compassion. So, at the grand old age of 37, Archbishop Benson made him Bishop of Equatorial Africa, and off he went again. I guess you're covering your eyes by now. Once again, the journey didn't go well for him. In fact, it went even more badly than the previous time. Admittedly, he spent some fruitful time in the coastal areas of his diocese and made a huge impression, particularly on the clergy and missionaries he led. But he liked to lead by example and he liked to see people in person. So off he went again. He was advised to take the long route to Buganda, but in his haste he ignored all the advice and took the quickest route. Typical male navigator. Should have listened to the Victorian equivalent of Satnav. What he missed was the little bit about the fact that A, German imperialists had been stirring things up, and B, his route, the route he was taking, was the one known to be used by Buganda's enemies to invade. Whoops. So whereas he would have been welcomed with open arms on his first journey if he'd made it, and perhaps even on this one if he'd gone the other way, he and his companions were met by a different kind of welcoming party. And they were speared to death at the orders of the Kabaka, the king. Hannington was just 38 and he remained the most high-profile martyr in Uganda until Idi Amin ordered the murder of Archbishop Junani Luum in 1977. It's hard to fault his courage, his faith, his compassion or his determination. Others would have stepped back. I suspect I'd be among them. Hannington always stepped forward. He stood firm and he didn't give up. I feel sure that he regularly meditated on the words of Ephesians 6 about the full armour of God, but spiritual armour sadly wasn't enough to save his earthly life. He was fearless and even impetuous in his actions at a human level because he understood what Paul meant when he wrote the words of verse 12. Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
So while we might want to learn from the cautionary tale of James Hannington, we perhaps also need to be honest about the fact that we would compare pretty miserably with him in terms of his commitment to truth and righteousness, his readiness to proclaim the gospel of peace at any cost, his sheer faith, his commitment to the word of God, and his boldness. In fact, all the things that St. Paul bids us arm ourselves with. As St. Paul writes elsewhere several times, what to the world looks like folly is the power of the gospel at work. So this isn't a cautionary tale. After all, it's a tale for our inspiration. So as we draw to an end, I'm going to first pray the collect and then encourage us to reflect on Ephesians 6. And finally, we'll say the Lord's Prayer. So here's the collect uh, for the day on which we remember James Hannington. Most merciful God, who strengthened your church by the steadfast courage of your martyr, James Hannington, grant that we also, thankfully remembering his victory of faith, may overcome what is evil and glorify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let's spend a few moments with those verses from Ephesians 6. Some people like to reflect on this daily, to daily take on the whole armour of God so that they might withstand all that comes at them. So we hear Paul's bidding to stand and to fasten the belt of truth around our waist put on the breastplate of righteousness. We put on our feet, whatever will make us ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Because that is the mission that we're given. With all these, we take up the shield of faith in order to quench the flaming arrows come at us from time to time, we put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And we pray, we stay alert, we also persevere. And I want you to pray as Paul prays, and as I'm praying now, that we may declare with boldness the mystery of the gospel. That we might do that out of a sense of absolute compulsion. And now, as disciples of Jesus across Wigan, across the Diocese of Liverpool, and in solidarity with Christians across the world and across all time, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, using whichever words suit you the best. I'll be using the modern ones today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. 
Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And wherever you're going to be today and whatever you're doing, may God go with you.